And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter in the Internal Saturday feed. Or, Ari, I'm going to call this Star Wars Don't Matter, but that's another topic. We'll get into that. I've got one thing for you, Ari Wasserman, our national reporter, recruiting writer. Ari, is it time to bear down? Arizona Wildcats ranked... I mean, I, I, yeah, this is the sign here. Wildcats. Uh, okay. Yeah, we're, we're, we're humming. You know, all my friends went to or a lot of my friends went to homecoming this past weekend. And I was kind of sad that I wasn't there because um, it's just a fun time. But yeah, they're they're in the top 23. Tucson stand up, baby. That's what happens when isn't it crazy? And I know it's nuts. <laughs> but when you start getting better players on your team, you start winning more regularly. It's like that's freaking crazy, isn't it? It, it, there, there seems to be a correlation, and we have There's a podcast a correlation about correlation between those two things. All right. Weird. Also joined by Manny Navarro, covers Miami Force, recruiting writer, better known as the embattled soccer coach. We've got parent meetings. We've got lopsided losses. Manny, we've got more controversy in South Florida so- soccer than in University of Michigan. What is going on down there? Can you win a game? Listen, we had a moral victory yesterday. All right, we don't have moral no victories. such thing as moral victories, yeah. pal. We only lost two to one. When you lose your first two games, nine to one and seven to two, there are moral victories. I'm sorry, they just okay, are. Good they luck exist trying to raise support. nil with that attitude right there. <laughs> this is uh, your 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 boosters from around the country: Nashville, Tennessee, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, wherever Grace lives, Dallas. We're not happy with you, but we can talk about that later. Right. Also joined by Grace Rayner, covers recruiting for us. Grace was back in Clemson last week. It was kind of old school Clemson Tigers, huh? It was. It was fun. Uh, I thought that they were due for a win, and I thought that they might beat Notre Dame, but that was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good game. There weren't was it the eleven o'clock window. I don't think there were a lot of great games in there, but that was an entertaining one. So, but uh, be sure to follow the podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five star review and leave us a question with your with your review, and we will answer in the show. Subscribe to Until Saturday on YouTube. Be sure to join us live every Thursday, Saturday, Sunday on YouTube throughout the season as we preview and react to the weekend's games and hear from you, the listeners, on our Sunday Sound Off stream. Leave us a voicemail or text if you want to talk to Ari, complain to Ari, tell Ari he's doing a good job. You can do so at 316-462-9852. Sign up for the Until Saturday newsletter where you will get your daily fill of college football news right into your inbox. So good show today. It's going to be quarterback heavy. Um, we'll have some good data on the accelerated pace of quarterback recruiting. Uh, Grace is going to update us on how some of the top 2024 quarterbacks have done this season. She tracks those every week in a story. And um, and we've got a few notable commitments and some decommitments, which seems to be a trend. We will get into the USC defensive coordinator situation mailbag and trivia light week in commitments guys Manny uh Miami gets a four-star junior college offensive tackle Markel Bell from Holmes Mississippi Community College number four JC 
I could have looked this up. I should have looked this up, but I figure you'll know. Was he a South Florida kid originally? Do you know uh, much about him? I, I don't think so. I don't think he was originally a South Florida guy. Uh, I know that uh, I know that Mario loves the the six eight element of him because he wants bigger and bigger dudes that he can put weight on. And uh, with JV and Cohen and Matt Lee likely gone after this year, my guess is uh, this is a guy that you can plug and play coming from the JC ranks. Yeah, I'm sure that's the plan there. And then I don't know if you guys saw this one a little bit under the radar, but not many quarterback commitments in the 2024 class anymore because most of them are off the board. UCLA, which did not have one, um, gets Carson Gordon from Bel Air, Texas, number 1,420, uh, the number 75 quarterback. Not a lot of power five interest. Interesting state champion triple jumper. Um, Ari, how's your triple jump? Is it good? It's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, one thing I wanted to say before, you know, you got into the intro is that grace it is during stock market hours right now if you wanted to buy some clemson stock oh right right <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that's your ari as your unofficial said, or maybe official financial they, advisor do you recommend clemson yeah, how stock? much stock are we buying here bud yeah if, when you first start your investing journey i would definitely start by buying uh stock in the dabo sweeney enterprise perfect <laughs> llc Co-signed so, like, by Blake Corum and I was Connor about to Stein. say, then I'll <laughs> hop over and go buy some vacuum cleaners. <laughs> so back to UCLA, Ari. The thing that was interesting about this is it kind of fits the mold of what you've written about. And we've talked a lot about, and not that UCLA is traditionally recruiting five stars every year, but they get a five star last year in Dante Moore. This year's class are probably going to have trouble recruiting an elite quarterback because they've got a five star. So this sort of fits that elite guy maybe the next year sort of a program guy. And obviously they see his athletic upside here um, with his with triple jump prowess. But, uh, you know, I guess they, they felt like they needed another body. Also, too, that Bel Air, Texas Episcopal High School is like a very well-run high school football program. I covered other recruits that went through there and have visited there, and it's a really good enterprise down there. So, you know, I, I like the idea of if you're not going to be able to land a prospect that's in that top 100 range as a result of, you know, the success that you had the previous year, you go in and you get a guy who oozes with athleticism might need a year or two to develop um, and then might have something there at the end of the road. I, I think that's more like in line with how Clemson does it a little bit or has traditionally done it of five star, three star, five star, three star. Um, but UCLA is in a program that's going to go five star, five star, five star, five star. So kind of this is like strategy, but also part of it is like you said, out of their control too. Yeah. And I, again, I don't know much about him, but it, it sort of seems like a Texas tech type thing too. Like he's obviously got some elite athletic traits. Um, and Texas tech is an offer for him, I think. Right. Is it okay. I, I jotted yeah. down real quick. I saw BC wazoo. Yeah, I did Northwestern and then Texas tech. I actually did not write the Texas tech down because they've had a quarterback committed in this class. So, um, so yeah, a, a light week on commitments, um, but some notable decommitments and grace. I don't know if you saw this one. There seems to be a theme, Grace. You write about guys, <laughs> then they and then leave a month me. later they decommit. Joshua <laughs> Jackson, who was in the lead of your Tulane recruiting story a couple months ago, a wide receiver from New Orleans, ranked 608 overall. At the time, uh, when you wrote your story, he had committable offers from Michigan and Mississippi State. He backed off his commit. Grace, what did you do to this young man? He's decommitted. Yes. Uh, and, and then... Courtney Crutchfield decommitted from Arkansas. Yeah. I got to quit writing about these kids. Yeah, basically, if you write a story and a kid's in the oh, lead, he's going to make the case that like you're helping them get better offers or oh, making yeah. a clearer decision. Sure. Yeah, yeah great. Right. Sort of like Perfect. Ari, how you uh, you discovered, we discovered Jackson Dart a few years ago. Yeah, it's funny because 
Grace is writing these wonderful stories and her parents read it and go, there's no way my kid can go here. And then they go somewhere else. Maybe that's it. Maybe you're just like good at persuading them to upgrade. I don't know. Maybe it's uh, not even an upgrade. Maybe it's just a better fit for them. Yeah. But I do enjoy, uh, I do enjoy like, you know, stories when we kind of uh, joke about discovering a guy, but when we write about a guy who's kind of unknown and then they blow up a little bit, Bill Landis wrote about uh, Drew Aller. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day when uh, during the pandemic, he went to go uh, watch him. And now we know Drew Aller ended up being a five-star quarterback. So yeah, so uh, monitor that. It's interesting. There's four notable decommits. They're all- Grace, de- wouldn't it be way worse if the person that you <laughs> wrote about got cut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, what do we really want yeah, this kid for? Yeah, but it would be, I don't know, it'd be better to introduce him to this fan base and then they actually sign with, like my guy London Humphreys, he would never do this to me. He stayed with Uh-oh. Vanderbilt. Yeah, so that that was one Uh-oh. that, that the portal that were, opens in what two weeks? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, he signed with them. That's good enough for okay, me. Okay, that's okay. Uh, so Grace mentioned Courtney Crutchfield, a wide receiver from Arkansas, from Pine Bluff, number one fifty-two, decommitted from Arkansas. This one's notable: Braylon Burnside, an athlete from Mississippi, decommitted from Mississippi State, number two twenty, from Starkville. Not great, losing a local kid. And uh, Jamarian Burnett, running back, decommitted from Auburn, number 256 from Andalusia, Alabama. Um, so four guys, in-state guys decommitted. Uh, Ari won't remember. Ari's too young. You, Ari and Grace are too young. I'll ask Manny. Do you know what? We should sponsor the segment of old man says something yes. that happened in the 90s. Like, yes. what, what, what could that this is brought, brought to you by, to you by Depends? I might, have asked, <laughs> I might have asked this on the pod before when this town name came up. I think I did. See okay. if you remember. What former NBA great? No, nah, he's not a great, very good player. Great career was from Andalusia, Alabama. Many Andalusia, Alabama. The only guy I know from Alabama was Charles Barkley, right? And, or he, he yeah. played. He was not. <laughs> yeah, not Andalusia. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Well, uh, multiple Avery Johnson. Mul- Avery Johnson? Multiple, multiple no? NBA titles. Okay. What's multiple? Like a lot. Yeah, is this the thing lot. you slacked me about last week, Mitch? This, is this, no, is this Robert so. Robert Ori? Yes, Robert Ori. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Did so. you look Google that? No, no. I just I oh. covered the NBA for for three years, so I I kind of went through my Rolodex really quick and said Robert Ori. <laughs> he did win a lot of rings. That was a good clue. Yeah, yes, he was. That helped. <laughs> he was uh, at Alabama when I was in school, so I'm. Playing. I never heard of the word Andalusia until five minutes. Ago it's one. It's one of the small towns you drive through on the way to Destin, Florida, from Nashville. There's a lot of small towns. So mm-hmm. I was. Yeah. Um, so some 25 commits, um, Texas Tech four-star quarterback Lloyd Jones, number 237 overall, uh, number 16 quarterback from Hitchcock, Texas. Ari, you're Mr. Texas now. Do you know where Hitchcock is? I don't know. Where is yeah, it? I don't know. I was asking you. You live in Texas. Um, Clemson it's a big four- state. It's like saying you live in Wyoming. Where's the thing in Idaho? Yeah. <laughs> Clemson four-star tight end, uh, Logan Brooking, number 289 overall from Savannah, Georgia, and three-star offensive tackle, Easton Ware, number 368 from Lynchburg. Although the way, this is 25, like, I'm sure they'll reassess, but like number 368 in the 24 class is a four-star, right? Uh, four-stars, I think, going to the 400s in the 24 yeah, class. So like 450. Yeah, so he'll probably end up being there, uh, being a four-star. Um, Oklahoma four-star athletes, Trine Washington, uh, number 341, and three-star athlete Marcus Jones, number 438. Both high school teammates from Carl Albert High School. They've also got a quarterback there going to Oklahoma. I'm guessing Carl Albert's pretty good at football when they've got a 25 quarterback and two guys, athletes all going to Oklahoma. Um, so I think that's in Oklahoma City. But that brings us to 
uh, a story that gro- that gross that grace <laughs> <laughs> a little Freudian slip over there <laughs> Ari <laughs> want to see if Ari's paying attention a story that Grace wrote uh, in the athletic that I don't was- want to be Josie Grossy anymore <laughs> <laughs> on the site on Wednesday and it's sponsored by Invesco. <laughs> The story of innovation and change is sponsored by Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. So, Grace, the the, the story is basically the, the accelerated pace of quarterback recruiting. Um, and we've noticed in recent years that all kids are committing earlier, but it's really pronounced at the quarterback position. I'm going to read some numbers here. There's a chart in Grace's story if you guys want to go check it out. And then you can talk about kind of what the theories are. We can all bounce around and, and kind of see if we can hone in on, on the main reason, but in the class of 2022, so by November 1st of 2020, so basically almost two years out, there was five, a year out, five quarterbacks had committed to the following class. Same point of the 23 cycle, four had committed. The 24 cycle, five had committed. By November 1st of this year for the 25 class, 27 had committed. And it's now 28 with Lloyd Jones. So basically, that's twice as many as the three previous years combined. So uh, the, there are 27 quarter, 28 quarterbacks now off the board for the 2025 class, a year and a half. So I know that's kind of hard to maybe process those numbers, but that's a lot of quarterbacks committing earlier than earlier, earlier and earlier. Grace, what, what were some of the reasons when you started to, to research this? Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of factors at play here. Um, one of them is kids are getting offered earlier than ever before. So that's part of it. If you're in the seventh or eighth grade and you now have an offer from a school, you're going to probably go check it out in the ninth or 10th grade. Um, June official visits, I think have been a big part of it. Just the fact that you've got kids that can now take visits to, to campus unofficially or officially. Um, and then I think the transfer portal has been a huge part of it. We talked to a power five, uh, director of player personnel who said straight up, if I'm a high school kid with a committable offer, I'm going to take it as quickly as I can because otherwise my school might be going to fill my spot with the transfer portal. Um, and then I think you've got this notion of the domino effect, right? Like you see a school that you're interested in. This happened with Michael Tollefson at Arizona State. He was interested in a school. It got filled up already. And then when, as one quarterback commits, this sort of domino effect happens and then everyone's jumping on it to sort of claim their spot. So um, it's a really interesting trend. You're seeing now that as they're committing, they're now using these early commitments to sort of fill out the class around them. And we saw that happen with Kevin Sperry. He's the OU commit. um, And he's now got two high school teammates committed to Oklahoma with him. So a lot of, a lot of factors at play, but it's really an interesting trend that, um, I thought the numbers were like pretty jarring when you when you research those. Uh, t- talk about the um, the Deuce Knight scenario at Notre Dame. That was kind oh of, yeah, that, was, really that one interesting. was super interesting. Yeah, so Deuce Knight, he's Notre Dame quarterback commit. Notre Dame, he was his top choice. He felt like he wanted to be at Notre Dame. Notre Dame wanted him, but he wanted to hold off until he was certain. He's got you know twenty one months or whatever until he has to until he signs. And basically, he got word that Notre Dame was hosting another quarterback over the the weekend um, in September, and this quarterback wanted to commit, and he was just coming on the visit to make sure everything was what he thought it was, and he was ready to rumble with a commitment. And so once Deuce found out about that, 
Um, he realized if I don't commit now, Notre Dame's going to take this commitment from this other kid as they should, because, you know, yeah, I thought I, he was pretty refreshingly on it. He's like, totally. yeah, they, they don't know they're going to get me. Yeah. They should take him. He's like, why would they take a what if in my scenario over a solid yes in this other kid's scenario? Um, and so that day he flipped a coin and while the coin was in midair, you know, he got clarity that he was hoping it would land on the Notre Dame side and he went ahead and committed and, and locked up his spot. But that's how urgent this is, even though we're two years out from these kids showing up on campus, that's how urgent it is for them to secure their spot. And so he went that's ahead really good and, reporting, and did it. He was that's cool. Really I really good. liked him a lot. He was an also too. I hope that's the lead because like, that's also like, it's like, you didn't oh, read you it yet? coin. I haven't read it yet. I went to the okay. gym and I'm. He's a little I'm, I'm, further down. Yeah, yeah. We, it's we not. It's flirted with making him the it's lead. It's not the lead. Not the, the lead's good. It's, but it's I, the, I do think it's like kind of a cool thing of like in the air you're flipping a coin, which seems like an adolescent, immature way to make a decision, and then actually it turned out to be really revelatory because it's like, oh, it hit me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, then the it funny, landed yeah. on Notre Dame anyway, which was yeah. kind of cool. The yeah. funny thing, oh. Grace might have said, that, but like he didn't necessarily flip a coin to decide. He flipped a coin. So he could decide what he was rooting for. Like he said, yes. he said basically he flipped the coin in the air and then he's like, I was rooting for this side and that's what happened. Like, so it, it, uh, it was interesting, but, um, so it was yeah, a I never got- a question of Notre Dame or not. It was just Notre Dame now or not. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, so I've misspoke before. So it is two years. These guys, like at this point, these, these kids cannot sign for no, no. They can sign. They'll sign in. Um, yeah, yeah, they'll sign a year from now, basically. Yeah, so fifteen he months in from September. Now. So that's still fifteen yes. months out. Yeah, and some yeah. of the kids were almost almost two years, almost twenty. Yeah, almost twenty months. Yeah, and um, and I so so. All right, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Manny. Like, what do you you heard Grace talk about all the different factors? Do you think it's in my opinion it's just sort of like the train gets rolling and like once once the I first do. couple guys I think go, that's it. yeah. I think that there is a false or true sense of urgency where people are worried about spots. They want to lock up their spot. They see other people doing it and, you know, they want to do it. But like the amount percentage wise difference, like five times more than the previous year is drastic. So like that would be the thing that will be interesting to me more than that is, is that going to grow next year or are we going to revert back to what it was or you know, tracking all the kids who have committed early now too, like where they end up. Like, yeah. I think that there are, there are for you, Grace, you know, um, secondary stories that you can write as spinoffs of like, well, people were committing early and, you know, of these 25 or 26 guys, eight ended up signing with where they were committed to at this moment. Yeah. That I think is interesting. So, yeah. you know, that, that to me is, you know, trendy and, 
kind of like the whole point of this podcast. So I thought it was a really good idea by you and Mitch to get together and do that. And I'm kind of jealous I, I didn't do it. Well, as we all know, too, when Grace interviews a kid and puts him in a story, he's going to decommit at some point. Too, yeah, so. right. It's going to yes. happen. Yeah. <laughs> all 25 of them are going to go elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, I um, think I, I, I don't know. Stati- like someone who's like into statistics might be able to know. But like it seems like there's a tipping point in this. Like with there's three or four, it's no big deal because there's still tons, tons of spots available. But when you get to eight or nine and they're big time well, programs, also, the, it it's depends who it is, too. Yeah. Right. Like if yeah. you're committing to big time programs, then the options for the best players in the country keep dwindling. It's not like they're committing to Iowa State and, you know, Washington State. I mean, some of them are, but like if you're right. taking Notre Dame off the board, right. That's probably one of the 15 places that the top 15 quarterbacks would want to go, so that creates this sense of urgency of like I'm going to find a place to play quarterback, but if I want to play at a big time place with a big stadium and a large fan base, I got to do it now. Um so yeah, definitely definitely excited to read that. Many deep thoughts. I have I have a, I have a few. One that just came to mind now is I, I wonder how much of this, w- with how much coaching turnover we have year to year to year, right? Like you think of Tommy Reese leaving Notre Dame for Alabama and then bringing Tyler Buckner with him. Like I think for a lot of these coordinators, there's almost some level of job security, right? Like if you get one of these elite recruits uh, to commit to your school and you have a mediocre season. Uh, in, in what essentially is their junior senior year and the coach wants to make a change. Well, now, you know, this guy's been committed to you for however long you've had that relationship. Like, I think it just sort of cements it further, right? Like you, you, it's not just, Hey, I've been recruiting this guy for two years. No, he was committed to me. We were having conversations. And I think in some ways there, there's an advantage maybe for some quarterback coaches and, and coordinators to, to raise their own value by kind of getting these guys to commit earlier, um, especially if they end up changing jobs or, you know, let's say that the coach decides, well, I'm not going to fire my coordinator because he's got a great relationship with this quarterback and I want this guy to come to my school. So that's one thought that I had in mind. And the other one is just the stat that, that Grace put in her story, which I think is awesome. Uh, it says in week one of the 23 season, 57% of the starting quarterbacks in FBS were transfers up from 47%, which again, I think just sort of reiterates how, Yes, kids are making commitments, and it's important for for college programs to get them. But in the end, we're seeing a trend where transfers are the ones that ultimately end up, uh, you know, taking the starting jobs and and being who programs build around. So, I, I'm just interested to see how that all sort of develops here in the next few years. And there was one other thing I wanted to mention is actually from one of your commenters that I thought, wow, this might be a, an interesting story to read down the road. But it it says uh, it'd be interesting to compare the success of QBs who one stuck with the original commitment versus those who flipped before enrolling and two stayed and waited for their chance versus those who transferred uh, due to not being QB one soon enough. So maybe that's, maybe that's a way that we sort of spin this thing forward. And I need to um, credit Max Olson. He was the, came up with that stat right there. Was, I was, Thank you, Max. Yes. Yeah, I thought was, you yeah. did. Was it Max? <laughs> uh, yeah. Cause Grace, that was not in the original copy. I added it, <laughs> but no, it's just, uh, let me brag about the athletic for a second. It's just kind of the, our, our resources and all the people doing different things. Like I wanted that figure, how many kids week one starters were transfers. And like, I could have spent a couple hours trying to research. I was like, Hey, Max, our transfer guy, I slacked him. It's like, do you happen to know this? And he's like, yeah, I do. And then two minutes later, awesome. he told me, and then he sent a tweet that he sent, you know, months ago about or be, be, at the beginning of the season about that. So, so that was great. One thing that Zach Arnett said, the Mississippi state coach grace talked to a couple sec head coaches about it and this is kind of obvious but he's like the problem with this is and they have a commit the earlier you get a quarterback commit or any commit 
the more the more difficult it is to hold them. You know, there's just the the, the bat signal goes out once you get a commit. Other schools are going to maybe come after him, and we've seen that was a Julian Lewis, who the 26 quarterback who committed to USC a couple months ago, is going to Georgia this week. I think so. It's just it's just a constant battle. Kids get bored and they want to see new things, and so uh, one thing I wanted to add too about the perils of this. So you know, people kind of know me now, like I'm willing to write a column that gets me in hot water a little bit, or you know, expresses a opinion that might not be popular. But when I was an early reporter covering Ohio State for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, I wrote my first column ever criticizing Urban Meyer. Ooh. And I was like, I remember I was like 24 or 25, and I was very nervous because in Ohio, if you do that, you better you better be ready because people don't like that, especially from somebody at my age. Um, but the column topic was about Danny Clark. And I don't know if you guys remember Danny Clark, but he was Former Vanderbilt Commodore Danny Clark. That's right. That for Danny like Clark. three months. He was a phenom freshman starter at a importantly or important program in the state of Ohio. Ohio State offered him. I mean, he was bigger than everybody else. He had a big arm. Like as a freshman, he was physically developed in a way that his peers weren't. And then um, he grew up loving and wanting to go to Ohio State like so many kids in that state do. And Urban Meyer as a result of seeing like, Hey, this is a phenom. He's going to be, he's going to keep growing and get bigger and stronger and faster. And he's going to turn into a five-star prospect. We need to offer this kid now. And this was now going about 10 years ago. And that was before, you know, it was typical to offer a freshman quarterback. So Ohio state offered him immediately. Danny Clark snap calls commits to Ohio state and ends up even getting a tattoo of the block. O on his shoulder. Big, big tattoo on his shoulder, like when he was 16 or something. You know, two, three years go by, and Danny Clark doesn't get bigger. He doesn't grow. He, his arm, you know, is still good. I mean, he still ended up, I think, signing with Kentucky or somebody. I yes. can't remember who he signed with. Um, but Ohio State moved on from him, and I believe that was the same class as Tate Martell, which is a completely yeah. different story. <laughs> but Ohio State took a commitment from a freshman at Massillon High School in Ohio, kept him committed for three years or four even. Then at the end of the road, when he didn't develop or become the player that Ohio State anticipated him becoming, they let him go or they they cooled on him. I don't remember. It's been 10 years. But the recruitment obviously didn't play out the way that it was. This really you know good-looking young kid has this big tattoo on his arm that he's got to get covered up. And, and I was like, you can't. Do this. If you offer a freshman, if you're Urban Meyer, the onus is on you to honor that because, you know, he was too young, you know, and I know that these aren't freshmen that we're talking about here, but there is a certain level of this is too sped up where offers are going out to quarterbacks too early and you might risk from the program side. On one hand, like we just said on what Grace said was. It's harder to keep them committed long-term, but also, too, if you take a commitment too early and they don't progress or they don't get better, then what do you do with them? And then also, what about all the time that you're no longer spending recruiting the quarterback position as you're waiting for the development of this player that you took when he was 17 or 16 years old? Um, if you decide that's not the guy for you later in the process, then it's probably too late because everybody else is committed already. So there are some challenges. I remember back in the day, sounding like an old guy now, but like, most programs didn't offer kids till their senior year and saw their senior tape and saw them throw in person. Sure. And it's like, I'm, I wonder if there is a story there of like, 
did five-star quarterbacks bust out of college football at a more rampant rate between 2016 and 22 than they did between 2010 and 16? And I wonder if the sped-up nature of that recruitment and kids going to places that they actually ultimately didn't belong because they didn't hit puberty at a certain time or didn't grow or whatever. I mean, it's it's a complex issue. It's like you don't want to get beat because you're too late, but you also don't want to be too early. I think another aspect to all this, you know, just in terms of the quarterback development is is the expansion of seven on seven over the years. So these guys are playing national level competition in the offseason. And these college coaches are, you know, putting on the Connor Stallions outfit and sneaking in and watching these things uh, and, and getting a look at these guys earlier and earlier. Uh, and, and not only that, but I would say a lot of these guys are starting earlier and earlier. You know, like I remember when I went to high school, like the thought of a freshman or sophomore starting a quarterback was crazy. And now, like, I think, you know, a lot of these guys, you look at their career numbers. I think, Grace, you you wrote about this. Um, uh, Aaron Nolan is like 10,000 passing yards in high school or whatever. Like he's been playing since his freshman year. So yeah. I think I think these coaches are just getting a much better idea of how talented these guys really are. And so maybe they're a little bit more confident in pulling the trigger with with offers and locking them in. I think, yeah. too, like the, I, I will say to your point, Ari, the Wake Forest quarterback commit, Lachlan Hewlett, was talking about that. Like, I think these kids are aware now of sort of the cautionary tale of committing too early. Like, when we were talking in our interview, he was like, yeah, the very sad reality of it is if you get an offer too early and you're not big enough and it, you don't pan out, then you get screwed by what's an uncommittable offer. And he was like, we, he, he basically was like, I'm aware that that is a thing. And then I have to be careful in terms of when you get an offer too early is it a real offer and can you actually take it? So like I give, I will give these kids credit to, to the extent that they know that, Hey, these schools might not actually be prepared to take your commitment. If it's, if it's too early. Lachlan Hewitt, uh, either I think with a name like that, you have to go to Wake Forest, Vanderbilt, Stanford, or something like that. <laughs> but what's interesting about that, because his, cool his quote was about, and, and you asked him about this, how Wake Forest has yet to take a transfer in the Dave yeah. Clawson era. And they like developing their quarterbacks. But if you followed Wake Forest this year, like I have, they have not gotten good quarterback play. Mitch Griffith has played better of late, but he really struggled. So I'm thinking, I'm editing the story, reading this, I was like, uh, like are they gonna take what one? if they take a transfer now? I know, right? Um, because they, they, they might need to. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, we've talked many times in this pod- podcast, we like recruiting all positions, just like we like talking about all schools. But the quarterback is just, it's fascinating, not because it's the most important position, it's because there's only one of them and it's yeah. just the, 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 the pecking order and all that stuff. So, um, all right. So yeah, good story. Check that out, uh, at the athletic and we're going to stick with grace and quarterbacks because she started this last year. It's a great idea of hers. Um, it's actually done better performed than I thought it would. Um, there's been a lot of interest and that's why she keeps doing it. Every week, grace tracks the top 10 quarterbacks in the two, four, seven composite kind of just checks in with their coaches or them to see how they're doing the stats and all that and progressing. So uh, we haven't really talked specifically, but you've tracked the, the list has stayed pretty much the same. I know Ethan Grunkermeyer from Penn state moved into the last ranking. So you've kind of laid on that train right there, but what has stood out to you from some of the top quarterbacks in the 2024 class? I think the two that have stood out to me the most, just tracking them, their stats on a weekly basis um, have been Julian saying the number one, the number one quarterback and uh, DJ Lagway uh, committed to Florida. I think he's at number three. Um, Rayola is at number two. It's been interesting to track his stats just because they're crushing people. So he's not playing a ton. And also he's sort of trying to get some chemistry with a brand new offense and, and all that good stuff. Um, 
But you look at some of Lagway's stats, and it it makes you, I mean... Dual threat, yeah. Yes. It, it also makes you wonder, okay, I mean, because he's playing at like the 6A level of, of Texas high school football. And his but team you, was, sorry, his team wasn't good last year. Like, they no, were 5-5. Five and They were, five. Like they were five undefeated five. this year. So that's it's not like he's just on some machine where they just right. plug in a new quarterback every year. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, some of these some of these scores are, are absolutely nonsensical, like 75 points or... Um, I mean, they put there was a stretch where they put up sixty like three games in a row. Um, so yeah, those two I think have been have been really really impressive. Uh, Jaden Davis I think has quietly been really good, and especially with all the drama going on at Michigan, I, I what do you he's mean? Just, right? What do you mean? <laughs> he's been, like he's someone I think should probably be. I don't know. Evaluation is not my area of expertise, but just looking at his numbers, he had one really bad game where he threw three picks. But other than that, I thought he's been really consistent and should maybe be ranked a little bit higher. Um, and then you look at Gronk Meyer, he slid in there a couple weeks ago. He's been really solid. CJ Carr's uh, run in our QB series is now over. His season is over. Uh, Bryce Underwood got the best of him last week. Yeah, Underwood, a, a top 26, 25, 25 quarterback. Yeah. Yep. He's committing, I think in January, right? Um, so yes, he'll be another yes. one that's committing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's been really fascinating to just to sort of track, but I would say that Saiyan and Lagway have probably been the two most impressive. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Ari, the, the Grunkermeyer, Grunkermeyer, I believe it is, is one that kind of you were referencing early about kids committing in their senior year. And he's kind of a late riser from Olentangy. And and I know a lot of schools came in to watch him this fall and watch him throw. Like, that's how quarterback recruiting used to be. A kid is a senior and has a good year. Kids come, coaches maybe even over the summer come watch him. So I think that's when we were, Manny was talking about tracking kids. Those are the ones I'm interested, the, 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 the late risers. And Drew Aller was kind of like that as well. Yeah, also, too, like, good get for Penn State in that scenario because it's the same exact way they got Drew Aller, which yes. is Ohio State has a commitment from Maryland Olin. They turn their back on Lewis Center, I believe. No, it is a suburb of Columbus, too. So 
you know, in 112, you know, going to the Elite 11 every year, let me tell you, is he ranks number 117, not 112. 117 in the 247 Sport Composite. The difference between that and number 31 is not that big at this age. So, you know, if, if Drew Aller doesn't turn out to be who we think he's going to be, you know, still time for him to do that, then maybe it'll be Ethan Grunkenmeyer. Like, that's, I think that is Penn State getting Columbus or Ohio area kids when Ohio State is focused on recruiting the quarterback nationally is high, high level recruiting. Yeah. Also, um, I figured out where where uh, that part of Texas is. Where? Hitchcock, Texas is south of Houston and is like in the, it's like by the ocean or not the ocean, the Gulf. Is it near Beaumont? It's by Beaumont. No, no. It's by, uh, what's the the place that everybody goes down to the beach in Texas? Corpus Christi? No. It's south of Houston. What Galveston? Galveston. Thank okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I really want to write about that guy. Because if he, Texas Tech has a five-star player committed in this class. If he is the early quarterback that Texas Tech identified in the state of Texas with the immeasurable or the the really good measurables, mm-hmm. that like that could be like, you know, Texas Tech people thought was going to be a year early this year, but like there actually might win the Big 12 or be really, really good in two years when these guys actually are developed. I think that that is, is fascinating. And of course, if he turns out to be a five-star prospect of tech, can actually hold on to him this time rather than lose him the way that they did with the five-star corner that they had or four-star corner to Ohio State, and and whether or not having a five-star receiver who is likely going to sign with them, how that plays into the calculus. Like, can I go? Yeah. This is my I think official. Will going to be really good too. Yeah. yeah. This is my official uh, travel request. Is it approved? Uh, I can't officially approve, but yes. Are you going to make a beach okay. weekend out of it? <laughs> I mean, the water's brown down there, so probably not. But uh, <laughs> you sense where everyone uh, goes to the beach. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people go down there, and I've been there a few times. Me and Dollar B went there once as we were driving through to Louisiana, and he got grouper fish, and they put the fish down in front of him, and the eyes were still in it, <laughs> and he was like disgusted, and he was like, "Can I get a box for this?" And then he put a box and then threw it in the trash outside. He's like, "What would David like, Ubbin do with that?" Probably, probably plant the <laughs> he, eyes in his he'd backyard. Probably eat the eyes, honestly. <laughs> yeah, cook the eyes on his own skillet. I was gonna, <laughs> I, don't know. I was gonna text uh, Landis as anybody, any listened to Ari's former pod or read his stuff, and he was. Uh, what's the word with him and Tate Martell? Like obsessed, uh, just, just uh, aff- not obsessed. Yeah, but, just uh, very interested. Infatuated just, is the word. Yeah, infatuated. <laughs> I was gonna text him if if he played in an era where he had Ohio State had all of like. The other team signs like Michigan would Tate Martell have been like an all big team drafted. Yeah. But even drafted in the top 20, like Johnny Manziel, former Miami hurricane too. Wait, you, I feel like uh, <laughs> there's just so First many past Tate Martell through in front of me, wobbled about six yards forward. It was disgusting. And, would, <laughs> and, the, and the, my immediate thought was how in the hell did Miami fall for this? You know? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I don't, I would really like to know Wait, 10 for 10 at Ohio state, right? Uh, you know, he went 10 for 10 in that one game. Okay. Okay. Uh, it was 10 for 10 for, for like 120 years. They were playing Rutgers when Rutgers was like bad. And they brought him in in the third quarter and he had like a really long, like 38 yard. Everyone probably went wild, right? And Fans everybody just- was like, oh my God, that's the future. <laughs> and like, it was like, but as we were talking about Danny Clark early on in the episode, like Ohio state passed on him. And it's like, it's possible that if Danny Clark would have just gone to Ohio state, and like stuck with it that he could have been a serviceable player with the talent that he had around him. I don't know what went wrong with him, but it didn't work. Well, he never played. He transferred. He never played. He went to, he went to Kentucky. 
transferred to junior college, transferred to Vanderbilt in the COVID era, was like third string, left the team midseason, I think tried to go somewhere else. And He so, went to one other place, too, yeah, and then it yeah. didn't work. But like the evaluation that Ohio State's coaching staff did was like, well, we're not going to take Danny Clark. But we're gonna we're going all in on, on Tate. Like it's like I don't know if it was just because you get caught up in the Johnny football era, and it's like oh you have this young quarterback who never lost a high school game, played at Bishop Gorman, and runs around like a crazy person and makes plays. But like I don't know what the evaluation is from a, a seasoned quarterback coach that says that guy's gonna be a great college quarterback. Sounds like a story for you, Ari. He was I a quarterback would coach at the time. Hey thousands of dollars out of my checking account if he would talk to me frankly about his career. Urban, if you like, just I, gave I Urban think, like 10 minutes of... Uh, no, no, I'm not or, talking about uh, Urban. I'm talking Tate, about okay. talking to Tate. Like okay. I would... Like his story. Oh, yeah. Like I don't know what do you know he's where doing he was, or... Do you know where... I I, mean, I know this. You should know it. The two schools he was committed to before he... Washington and A&M. Yes. Good call. Yeah. I covered that. Yeah. Yeah. But I... Uh, I'd love to know what he's doing now. I'd love to know like... Tate, if you're listening to the show somehow, please. Just yeah, where is me. he? He's in he's Vegas. In Vegas. I think the last thing I saw, he was in Vegas, like doing some mm-hmm. business. I don't know. I think he he's in an okay spot, but like he also like just went to Miami and had like a full sleeve and was buff and like was on the football team and like was on yachts with models. So like I think he had a pretty good college experience. But like from a football aspect, he was also on that Netflix documentary. Yeah, remember seeing the quarterback? That's, yeah, that's how I remember seeing him. So like the hype around him, like when he went to Ohio State, it was like, is Ohio State going to be able to have Johnny football with a superior offensive line and insane weapons like AM and a good defense? Because like the one thing I'm going to say too, and then I'm going to shut up, but like I hated the Johnny football documentary. I thought it was terrible. And like they didn't even, did they even say Mike Evans's name during no, the documentary? No, like, no. Like they made it seem like the entire team sucked. And the only reason why they were good is because of him. And it's like, right. They had a lot of really good players on those teams that got drafted, and uh, I ca- I see Mike Evans like making plays every week in the NFL, and I always think like Johnny probably got some help from him too. You know, I would have been nice to acknowledge him, so let I, me acknowledge him. I don't get starstruck much, like I just growing up. But Johnny Football did it for you. When yeah, you saw him no, personally? seriously, I'd go up. We had net season tickets. We sat in the third row. We we went to a ton of games. Like I would see all these NBA players real close, and it was cool. But like I liked my team. I wasn't the type to go because oh they're playing the Bulls and Michael Jordan and stuff like that. And you know, but I remember when I was sideline for Vanderbilt, I was in the end zone before the game watching warmups, and Manziel was like ten feet away just throwing passes, and I was like, that's pretty cool. I remember taking a picture of it, texting <laughs> to Gabe, my son, is like, and he's like, whoa, you know, it was like that guy. He was he was he was big deal. So, um, uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Some notes. <laughs> um, this isn't necessarily recruiting, but it relates to recruiting because everything relates to recruiting. Uh, USC fires Alex Grinch. Um, those of us that watched the game Saturday, I don't know if that was, the, I guess that had to be the last straw, but as Antonio Morales wrote, it's like how many straws were there? Uh, it, it kept happening. But Ari, we'll start with you, uh, although you said you were going to let others talk more. Uh, we don't have to start with me. Let's okay. start with Grace. Let's start with Grace. Um, who would you – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, from a recruiting standpoint, I would think this has to help because, like, there's so much – and Antonio, again, he's written about this. There's so much, like, negative momentum around the program with their defense that obviously the hire is very important. But I would think just the message on the trail, this has to help. That yes, we made a move. We realized that things weren't going well. Yeah, that's how I felt. Like you have to give recruits something to believe in and look forward to. And um, I think it was overdue, but at least you feel confident knowing that Lincoln Riley can and finally did make that decision. 
Um, yeah, I think a lot of it depends on who they hire, but they got to start getting some modern day kids. So maybe this will maybe this will help them. And, and Manny, you covered a program that changed both coordinators in the offseason, and I know it helped them keep Tyler Van Dyke, although that's not necessarily going very well, as you wrote about, but it was for a while there. Yeah. And coordinators, you know, the kids commit to schools, they commit to head coaches, but coordinators matter a lot. Yeah, there's no question. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at this situation, I, I when I did the Until Saturday newsletter, uh, Mitch, Very good I kinda, job, by the way. Thank you. I, I job, referenced. Manny. Thank you. Thank you. I referenced. Good job, um, Manny. I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get the sentence out eventually. Um, but I, I, I referenced Bruce's story from the, uh, from, from, I guess, June or whatever, when he wrote it about uh, defensive coordinators and air raid system. And uh, he mentioned, you know, Grinch was quoted in that story talking about, well, part of the reason why I think my defense will be good here at USC is because Lincoln Riley is so committed to the run. And one of the stats I looked up was basically how USC has become less and less of a running team. Um, since well not even usc just oklahoma as well when when lincoln was there like the last five years the rushing attempts kept going down and of course the scoring defense numbers kept going the wrong way and and so i guess the reason i bring this up is while it might be a good thing for usc to fire the defensive coordinator like i think enough of these kids might read that newsletter or somebody else <laughs> might copy those stats and sort of share that maybe lincoln riley needs to change his offense a little bit so that it helps the defense a little more that's all i'm saying yeah ari Thoughts? Spicy. Deep thoughts? <laughs> I honestly would read the hell out of that if you wrote a column about it. Just write a column. Alex Grinch is the perfect coordinator. Lincoln, you screwed him. I would read that. <laughs> I would I would read the hell out of that. Um, what, do I have an opinion? Yeah. Do you have an opinion? <laughs> I think their defense sucked and he should have been fired a year ago. That's my opinion. Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with recruiting, but I think that it is uh, – it was negligent to bring him back. And I think 199 yards before contact of rushing on Saturday yeah, night. That's one of the most stat. I heard you, you and bonker stat. Do you know that means that I would have rushed for 50? <laughs> I heard you and <laughs> nobody about touched that him. And I, I, and I think I, I undershot it a little bit. I probably run a 10 second 40, not an eight second 40. Yeah. But. I would love to see Ari lined up in the backfield. Caleb, turn around. In high school, I did. <laughs> you did? Yeah, I, I, you were a guard. I scored a touchdown, and I, I touchdown? scored a touchdown. It was a one-yard touchdown run, and I did, like, the air humping, and I battled <laughs> 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 and That was the last time I ever carried it. So, wait, we've got Grace, all-state point guard in North Carolina. This Aria is more exaggerated every Aria single touchdown episode. machine. Manny, what, what are your high school athletic exploits? Uh, I didn't really, I mean, I played baseball and I played football, uh, growing up, uh, but I never, I never, I, qu- I kind of quit. He after had 39 home runs in Wee. He's uh, yeah. coach of the year. In the no, year. We're going to find out Manny's senior year, he hit like 380 with 13 home runs <laughs> and we never knew about this. Yeah. I'm thinking about taking up a new cardio exercise activity. What? Um, I, th- my buddy is like really into like mountain biking. Okay. And he keeps trying to get me to buy a mountain bike. They're expensive. Yeah, they are incredibly yeah. expensive. But you, can rent, you can rent them at front, up front, and then like see if you like it. But it, that seems kind of fun. Are there mountains? Still an athlete in Dallas? I was about to say, where would you do this? I don't know that it's like has to be actually a mountain. It's just a <laughs> bike that's like built for like trails. Biking is very difficult. It's mm-hmm. like one time I remember I did it in Turks and Caicos with my wife when we went on our vacation, and it was really fun. Is that they before or after you shattered world. that 
Is that before, was before, before you I shattered, shattered the, the glass door? The glass in, okay. No at the hotel that was too expensive for us that we weren't even supposed to be at. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. But we also missed Manny's comment about uh, bikes in SeaWorld. Yeah. No bikes at SeaWorld. So I couldn't get, couldn't do any of that. Oh, yeah. my daughter is you like. a little swimming? <laughs> uh, my daughter. Pool, no hotel pool. My daughter, and I swear to God this happened. You're not going to believe it, but it okay. did. In the morning when she drinks her bottle, right when she wakes up, we have, like, I don't know, we have a routine. I don't know if you had a routine with your kids when they were Everyone's age, got routines, yeah. Every morning we go wake her, when she wakes up, I walk into her crib and I pick her up and I give her kisses on her face and change her. And then we walk across the hallway to the other bedroom, which is a guest room. And I get her warm bottle, which is in the bottle warmer. And then I sit her down and then we watch like Elmo or something or one of her videos for 10 minutes while she drinks her bottle. And then she like says, daddy, I'm ready to go to school now, like every morning. But like lately, like she is into like animal planet stuff. And so she's really into turtles right now. So like, you know, those like 4k videos that you can watch on YouTube of just like animals existing. So I've been playing under the sea videos for her and she goes, daddy, turtle, turtle, turtle. And I look at her and I put my arm around her and I said, live one day. You're going to have a man that's going to take you to see a world. And I, and I, and I can't wait for you. And your, your dreams are, your dreams are going to be, are going to be made. Um, yeah. It's going to be uncle Manny. He's going to take yeah, her. Yeah. Uncle Manny, you take her to see world. We'll, we'll uh, do it one time. Mario, when you come to Florida for sure. Yeah. I would love to. That's tremendous. Um, a couple other notes before we get to trivia. Um, Ari wrote a column on Dion and the kind of strange. A hundred thousand reads on that one. Did you see that? Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people <laughs> seem to be interested in, in Dion, but it really was. And we've talked a lot about Dion's podcast, and ninety-four percent positive because he's done a great job. But you know, he's, when you when you get off to a good start, you become fair game for coaching criticism. It's you know, once the games start and. We saw the end of the half against Oregon State, the debacle where they, you know, they ran, they they did not run out the clock, and Oregon State scored. But going back before that, and maybe it was related to this, it's it's just not usually a good move when you um, make that change. And, and Ari, which you wrote about, and people have made the comments like it's interesting because he has the most open program as far as like video and throwing stuff on YouTube, and then he's in his press conference to say. I've got tinted you, windows. Yeah, I got tinted. You guys can't really see what's going on there. So again, not not necessarily recruiting related, but all of us cover in, in our college football Listen, fans. That's usually I think what not he a good said thing. Is that something may have happened between him and Lewis that we don't understand, and I'm assuming that's the case because if you look at Colorado's team this year, the last thing that would need to be fixed is their offensive play calling. I would think. In fact, I think that considering the their offensive line couldn't block a middle school teams right now that they've had quite a lot of production. And yes, Shador has been very good and Travis Hunter's very good. And their Jimmy Horn is good. They've got really good skill players. But like, I didn't think like if I could fix one thing about this Colorado right. team, <laughs> it would be taking my ACE assistant that everybody like was applauding me for hiring and benching him for the worst NFL coach I've ever seen in my entire life. Like that is such a bizarre rich Kotai? move at a time. No, oh, I mean, Pat Shermer didn't really have a good run on it, did he? No, no. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to belittle the guy's life work, but like it didn't seem like he would be the clear cut answer to fix whatever Dion thought needed to be fixed. So, you know, he said he had tinted windows on his house and we can't see into the house that he exposes on YouTube every day. And that's probably <laughs> true. But 
we cover college football. We know like how these moves work, and it just was bizarre. And of course, their offense was terrible again on um, against Oregon State on Saturday night. They did score some touchdowns or a touchdown late in the game that padded their stats a little bit, but they're most assuredly going to lose him now. Sean Lewis, that is like I'd he's going to get another there. job yeah. somewhere, and it's like a bizarre decision because even if you had a personal disagreement with him. Maybe do it during the offseason instead of embarrassing him by demoting him. And I don't know how you attract other assistants to come work for you if your MO is eight weeks into the experiment or eight weeks into your job. We're just going to make a change for an analyst that doesn't even have, I mean, hadn't coached in college for 25 years and all of his offensive outputs in the NFL were terrible and fireable offenses. So I just just found it bizarre. And as it pertains to recruiting... People want to play for Sean Lewis and what he does. Like, that's right. fun. Like, I, I I don't know. And if the answer is we got into a fight about something and I don't like him anymore, that's also immature. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What would the response have to be, Mitch? It seems like it would, it would have been so what strong. What would the explanation have to be for you to be like, okay, that makes sense? It would have to be something that happened so strong, like he was just insubordinate or he showed him up in a meeting that he almost got fired, you know? Yeah. So and maybe that happened. I don't know. We, I, I, I don't, we don't, like we said, the, the windows are tinted. Yeah. All I know is if this is a volunt- voluntary decision based on lack of production, uh, protecting his son or something of that nature, um, it was a short-sighted decision and could pay costly dividends down the road when he's trying to hire other assistants because, and yeah. listen to, they're two games away. From bowl eligibility and their schedule is tough, but it's not impossible that they could beat two of the three teams that they're playing. I think they're playing uh, Arizona State is one of them. No, not Arizona State. Who are they? Arizona, Arizona, Washington State, and Utah. Yeah, they could win so, two of those three. So Grace and Manny, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I can't think of any, any of the teams you covered at Clemson or Miami. Have they changed either offense or defensive coordinators in the middle of the season? I don't think that Clemson changed a coordinator in like 12 <laughs> years. <laughs> Wait, my question is: This is going to be a dumb question, but did they not, just no com- dumb questions, Grace? Just dumb people who ask questions. Okay, well, dumb people asking a question, <laughs> dumb person asking a question. Did they just completely move Sean Lewis off the field to hit the ten on field? That's that's a very good question. Uh, like how do you, how are you bringing an analyst in and still? But I think there was another coach that didn't coach. Like I think he coached on Saturday. Yeah. So, but they had to have demote someone because so, they, yeah. mo- so they demoted who, somebody else. It wasn't Lewis though. Who yes. became the Sacrificial, sacrificial lamb <laughs> for the on-field requirements. I don't recall that. Yeah, good, Grace, that's a very good question. Oh, and why do you think every question that you say is dumb? You yeah. always well, say that because I didn't know if maybe question. he was still coaching quarterbacks, and you were like, "You idiot, read my column or something." I don't know. You don't. don't I, admit, I would never say that to you. If I ever come down on you on the podcast, once? speak with conviction, even if you're not <laughs> yeah, right. Say speak it with, with your conviction. chest. Like, yeah. <laughs> so let me let me ask you guys. I know it's a small sample size that he's still in year one, but I guess my question, my dumb question is, do we think this could potentially be the beginning of the end for Dion, where he had things rolling in the beginning, now it's sort of falling apart. He has this issue with his offensive coordinator who we all thought was a great hire. Do you think like this could this could be the tipping point where maybe, you know, all of our high expectations for him were maybe we're all wrong about him. Maybe he is I wouldn't go there yet. I, it's okay. not a great no, sign. No, yeah. The fact that he's been a head coach. I know the the, this is the, the spotlight wasn't on him at Jackson State like mm-hmm. it is at Colorado, but I, I, it's this not. This is yeah. the answer to it. And I don't mean to cut you off, but this is the thing. 
What is success at Colorado and how do you define it? Is success 10 wins or is success having a program that's relevant? Because like to me, I feel like Colorado's entire, and maybe in year five, if they're still four and eight, that changes a little bit. But Colorado has been the program that I've spoken about the most on podcasts. I've written multiple columns about them. They have won some games. They've put up some major ratings. And like it is a fixture of conversation on November 8th on Stars Matter. To me, like that is the entire scope of what success is in terms of Dion. Now, obviously, you want that to progress as the years come and he hires people and gets better players and they win more. But what do you guys define success at Colorado as? Because it wasn't winning nine games this year. And the thing that is most weird to me about the move is that it was a desperation move in a time where their desperation wasn't necessary. They are doing fine. Right. Yeah. Ari, can I tell you about back in my day when Colorado won a national championship? Yeah. When you were 37 in 1990? Yeah. I was in college. That's crazy to me because you are, you seem younger than that, but you are like, are you like pushing 60? No. No. Come on. You're like, I mean, I was in college in 05, so you're 15. 52. You're pushing 60. I'm not pushing 60. He was in his 40s three years ago. <laughs> yes. I just turned 52 a few months ago. You're a handsome man who runs with a shirt off in his neighborhood. I love that about I you. I don't <laughs> run with a shirt off in my neighborhood. <laughs> You're um, like the dude from American Beauty, uh, Lester Burnham, who runs around with his like CD player and has his like <laughs> shirt off and is like sweating like glistens into the sun when he gets home. Then like the, the the wives at the next door neighbor. <laughs> not <laughs> not quite. Uh, you guys ready for a little trivia? Let's bring it. Grace. All right. Grace is ready. Grace, Grace is ready. This, this is kind of a Grace show. episode anyway with their story and all their quarterbacks. This has been a Grace episode, hasn't it? Yeah. This is the mm-hmm. Grace episode. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Some people some people say it's a gross episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm never I don't want to be Josie Grossy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we could like put a picture of Drew Barrymore up when I say that. Um, so, okay. Pay attention. It's a two-parter. First question, how many of the teams in the top 10 of average recruiting class ranking over the last five years, so the last five years, average class in the top 10 are what? not in the- Say that again? Okay. So, so how I, many of the top five in the top 10? Did I say top five? I don't last know. Last five years. Said, last five years. Okay. Last five so years. Okay. That was me. That's on me. Average recruiting rankings over the last five years. Okay. How many of top the top 10. 10, if you rank those teams, how many of the top 10 are not ranked in the most recent college football playoff rankings? Mm. You guys understand the question? And it's a little yeah, yeah. USC is one. So Clemson would be one, right? Clemson is number eight. Clemson's out, right? Yeah, LSU. USC is not one of them. LSU? USC is not in the top 10, Ari. Um, is LSU, they're not? LSU, LSU they one of them? Uh now let's choose ranked. In the in the oh in the top twenty five they yeah. still are okay. Even um, with losses. Mm. Wow, that's a really good question. Um, Thanks, buddy. It's um, uh, Notre Dame. Notre they Dame's ranked. Out? They're ranked. They're still ranked. Miami. I think they're ranked. A and no. Miami's not ranked. Grace, Miami's not this ranked. is a Grace episode. She got them both. Oh, wow. oh, there's only two? Oh, there was only two? Yeah, that was a question. Oh, okay. okay, there's part two. Keep the music going. Um, <laughs> Keep the music going. <laughs> how many teams 
in the college football playoff rankings in which which teams are not in the top 50 in average recruiting rank over the last five years. Ooh, that's a good one. Tulane? Tulane? Your Tulane Green Wave, 77. Grace, they'd be better if you wouldn't get these kids to flip. <laughs> I keep running what about Utah? What about Utah? Nope. Um... One of them is number 50, so they're not part of this. I think it's Arizona. I didn't write it down. So there's three more teams that ranked that did not have it, weren't in the top 50. So why is Arizona not part of this? Because they're, they're outside 50. of the top 50? They're in the top 50. I said outside of the top 50. Hmm. Uh, I'm surprised Arizona Washington State. Kansas. Kansas, number 65. Two more. Wait, oh. Oregon State. Oregon State, number 67. One more. Gotta be Kansas State. Kansas State. There you go. Wow. Um, but if they, that is really interesting numbers. That those are like, there are four teams that are ranked in the or five that are outside of the top fifty, or fifty and lower. There are five. Fifty. If you include Arizona, so that means twenty percent of the playoff ranking poll from this past week is dog sh- crap. <laughs> right. Uh, recruiting programs. Yes. And, Wait, what's it? Where is uh, Louisville? What was their average the last five? It's years? Uh, I don't have it. I just wrote it. They're not. They're in the top fifty. They are in the top fifty. Hey, State. Here, here's some staggering it's numbers too. Because was James Madison and/or Liberty in the rankings last week? Or I must have been looking at the wrong poll. I don't believe I f- so. First, did this ranking the other day before the the rankings came out Tuesday night. I James Madison. I think James Madison is not in the poll because they're not eligible for the postseason. Okay. So maybe they're in the uh, James Madison's average class rank. And I know once you get past 100, it really doesn't. It's like 177,000? Yeah, yeah, it was like 170. But I think once you get past so low, it's like they don't really, those kids don't really Track evaluate really the same anymore. way. So. Yeah. But then uh, who's Liberty's like 152. So it was just or in the hundreds. It was wild there. So um, yeah, so I thought that was that was interesting. Some uh, Good numbers, Mitch. Thanks, buddy. And These I think this numbers. one's right. I don't think I screwed this up. I don't have any gripes. <laughs> yeah. All right. You can we should the call the segment uh, questions that might be right. That's what we <laughs> yes. <need to> call. <laughs> Trivia that might Trivia. or might not have <laughs> the right, right answers. Yes. But uh, all right. Um, I think Grace Rayner wins like five star host of the episode. Ari, do you agree? She's the best. Grace is the best. You guys are okay. the best. Do you guys yeah. hear this fire alarm behind me? No. We got do you guys hear over? the people on my roof like fixing a leak that we had banging hammers the whole episode? No. No. That's, that's that good. doesn't sound cheap. It's not. Yeah. So, all right, Ari, can you do your thing? Thank you guys for listening to Stars Matters. We'll catch you next week.